This week on the Push Roll Lakes podcast, it's research review day. Uh, we ask, can you trust your activity tracker heart rate? How young is too young to start training? And activation in a squat. Three, two, one. Instagram, mate. Completed it. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Damik. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, bud? Right, mate. How was the football? Football was great. Yeah, it was really good. I really, I'm mm. really glad I took the time off to relax and get let, away from let, get away from you're you. Really glad, you're really glad you let the listeners down uh, and watch football. Well, if if any listeners come at me, fuck it, it's free. Don't care. Um... Just think of those people <laughs> waiting for their Wednesday morning routine, and you've just ruined their routine on a Wednesday just, morning just, because you uh, couldn't be bothered to do a podcast. We got 113 other episodes. I'm alright. <laughs> Seriously, apologies, but yeah, I was. Uh... He's not that sorry, though, is he? Really? <laughs> Let's be honest. I, Let's uh, be honest. Yeah, I just. I wanted to watch you that football match. I wanted you to watch football match, yeah, I wanted exactly. to watch it. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, yeah, I want to watch it. The reason why I pay for BT Sport is to watch those kind of games. So, want to watch it? Get my money's worth, mate. Dan was like, oh, I got so much money. I'm gonna buy another Mac. Literally, the, the conversation we just had before the, the um, this show. That's just like I might, I might buy another that's exactly Mac. What it, he that's, was just that's exactly what it said. And slip of the tongue, he went, "Oh, I buy MacBook, Mac. I don't know. Yeah, one of them. No, buy another one. He just bought a MacBook like three months ago. Outrageous. <laughs> Tom doesn't pay attention to my Casa life. Dan, so. it's unreal. It wasn't, three, wasn't three months ago. That's right. Um, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> Uh, over, my, but... my, my yeah, my MacBook's dying. It's dying. It's three years old now. It's I know. I, I, I remember when you bought it, and you were like, "Yeah, it's yeah. really good. It's really small." I was like, "Yeah, great. All right, cool." It's, it's still in decent it's, nick, to be fair. It's, what is it? You, you, it? I mean, Dan's main selling point of it was the fact that it was about what is it, like eight hundred, seven hundred grams. It was under a kilo. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. my MacBook Air is a kilo and one hundred grams. So I'm glad you uh, did that. Yeah, mate. Well, no, but at the time it was it was brand new, but now you yeah. know it's they've got a few new additions out. So, mate, yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to lift too heavy loads, so that hundred hundred grams. I can't, is, mate. You know yeah. me, I can't lift too heavy loads. Too <laughs> so heavy for me now. Too heavy, absolutely. Um, so yeah, what are we talking about, Tom? You've you apparently you've so in in your you know in your in your absence of you know you've got an extra twenty four hours to do some research. I hope you've got nah. some really good content nah. to go over in this nah. show. Nothing. Nothing. No, you didn't um, even spend that time wisely for the for the people you just saw. I had to work. Work. I had to deliver a seminar today, so that's what I was doing. So what did you deliver a seminar on? Uh, performance testing within um, a with if you could well performance testing within three sessions of a PT client. How to Thank how you. to how to withdraw them back into you? So it's kind of a little bit of business, but what kind of safe assessments could we do? So watch your space. If you're ever in, in in third space, then it could be integrated into a product very soon. Um, but yeah, mm. if you want, it's, yeah, good fun. So yeah, I'm the process of reworking all my stuff with TS. So I will be shuffling around the group a little bit more. Heading heading up some fancy little products. It'll be good. It'll be very nice. God help, know, third space. God help first base. I mean, what are they doing? Um, they, give they give, give me some it. responsibility. I'll be in meetings that I've never been in before. Um, so, yeah, youngest man in the pretend, room. Pretending like, you know, pretend like... I'll be like, 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 like ah, yeah, 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 I believe yeah. that. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, we definitely should sell that at that price. <sighs> Don't know. <laughs> 
Don't know, mate. Uh, I do. I, I can fix your squat uh, if that helps. But yeah, interesting. We got good feedback, by the way, off the the last uh, show. Um, a fair bit, so it was good. Just just saying that, Dan. Um, Probably because it was on time, mate, on a Tuesday evening. <laughs> I ready think for it. Uh, mm-hmm. it was it was because of the the lists. People love a fucking list, don't they? So they do. It yeah, was quite interesting. Um, and what did you do before that as well? The unpoint stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the one twelve, the fitness advice ever heard. And should you ever stop coaching? I think people would enjoy listing us off stuff. It was just, uh, yeah, very odd. But it's good. All right, we've got a few things that we are going to talk about, right? So um, basically, one of the big things that I get feedback from from you guys is uh, you like it when we talk about research. Weirdly, um, but I think. Believe it or not, we we make it more relatable, Dan, every now and again. So, mm. yeah, so I read a bit of research um, that comes out. Mainly, I see the infographics and then I'll go on the paper. I don't avidly look for papers. So if it's nice and shiny and made into an infographic, much like Dan's ones, so feel free to troll Dan if you haven't um, already. Apparently, I was it. meant to troll him on a full body thing or some workout thing, but I totally forgot. Been a bit bad trolling you lately, mate, but... I don't think there was any because mis- I'm it's because I'm untrollable. There wasn't any mistakes in it, so that's the only thing. I think if there's mistakes, I'll go for it. But you're right, you're doing well. The best uh, one is when you try and troll me with a mistake, but your troll has a mistake in it. It's just amazing. <laughs> it's just, I know, it's maybe I'm playing on a completely different level, to be honest. So, uh, <laughs> so we got we got a, a few things to talk about. Um, so we're gonna look at something we have talked about before: is fitness trackers. Um, we got kind of youth athletes and starting training, which is something that's come up with Dan, I don't know, in the last six months, I'm guessing, um, and coming up with me a little bit. Um, and then we can talk about proportional and loading in squat because it's, it's just quite funny. Um, not funny, but yeah. It's hilarious, yeah. It's hilarious, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's Tom's definition of funny, by the way, guys. That's Tom. That's no. that's the edu- that's the, like the academic in him. Like that's really funny. <laughs> it's not funny, hip, though, is it? Hip proportion of uh, talk. Ooh. I was like, chuckle, Ooh. chuckle, chuckle. <laughs> Absolute bant. Um, yeah, but anyway, so we got a little paper was uh, Dr. Eddie Joe, I believe he is on uh, Instagram, um, put this together so he creates little infographs um he's a professor of sport and exercise physiology um not too sure where um i think like somewhere fancy yeah unless unless you put where it's kind of like well i am <laughs> I, i'm a professor of my I'm own house pretty sure so. he's i think he's california somewhere so yeah you're the professor of your own house surely not hard you got laura and a two-year-old brilliant okay good <laughs> well, mate, you know what they're like. So, <laughs> I still think that's an achievement. So we got um, he produced a paper that was quite interesting. It's something we frequently get asked as well: is the accuracy of heart rate measures uh, by popular fitness trackers during resistance mm. exercise. I think that's a pretty cool thing to research, um, and also incredibly useful uh, information. I've, I've I've not read anything about this. But I'm going to predict they are fucking useless. <laughs> so, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He took eight um, of uh, fitness trackers. So we got we got Apple Watch two. So it's not the most recent one, but pretty much near near uh, Fitbit Blaze, Fitbit Charge two, Polar H seven, which is actually just a, a heart rate monitor. 
Um, then we got a Polar 8360. So these are all wrist wares. Um, they're all wrist, yeah. I was about to say they don't link they're, to heart rate They're, all, they're right. all wrist. They can link to heart rate monitors, but one of the, two of them are not wrist. Okay, so one is a heart rate monitor. Which is, saying, they'll, be, they'll be all right. The yeah, Polar ones um, will be all right. So yeah. Polar, and then you've got Polar, which is a wrist one. Uh, Garmin VSHR, which is wrist. TomTom Touch, which is wrist. And uh, Bose SS Pulse. I didn't even Bose know got into it. Bose did it. Cause, uh, so one of my clients is in talks about buying out TomTom. Um, which is fairly big, and I was like, "Oh, just just drop that in there." <laughs> yeah, no, but they they were like, they don't in terms of TomTom, which is really interesting. I think when when you say TomTom, they haven't really aligned themselves properly in that market. You're not like, oh yeah, they're definitely the one to go to. You'd say Polar or Garmin would be the two yeah. thing, or Fitbit for like the everyday athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on like sat navs you still you're like well i don't bother using a sat nav because either the car's already got it in or i've got my phone which does exactly the same thing um so yeah which is odd so it's interesting they pulled out of it because of that reason because they didn't really know how to align themselves um yeah so bose one that's that's a headphone like they, it's a it's a headphone heart rate monitor that's pretty cool isn't it? so i didn't even know that existed that can't be accurate it's yeah, um, the Bose SoundSport Pulse earphones. No, um, no, I get that it's a thing. I just don't think it can be that accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So the pol- one of the Polar ones, is a chest strap, so electrocardiac um, chest strap, and the rest of them are heart rate monitors on the wrist. So all kind of their PBG, I think, light sensors on the back, the little flashy things um, that happen. Um, so which is interesting if we get to. Uh, just brass tax, mate. Um, so <laughs> the variability of it. So they were looking at um, the mean absolute error. So of the devices used, I'm not too sure how many like uh, sessions they were used for. Um, doesn't state it straight away. Obviously, a term for devices, PPG. Oh, yeah. So I think they wore them for about a month. Um, so we got coming out on top is the Bose at six percent error. Wow. I'm so amazed that he yawned while saying wow. But yeah, 6% error on a Bose. Um, and then the greatest error was the TomTom Touch at 19%. 19% error. That's a big, that's a, like 19% of if you, you're 100, right? So that's 19 up. So up to 120 essentially and down to quick mass at 81. Yeah, so 80 to 120. Anywhere between there. Which is quite, quite a big like difference, I think. It is, but to be honest, it's also not as large as I thought it would have been. So like that's a hundred. Kind of, that technology, like having used, having yeah. used things like the Fitbits and the heart rates and the Fitbits, the the biggest problems with them were always that it couldn't. And again, what sort of exercise was it? Because the so this is all this is all resistance the high, stuff. The what? This is resistance exercise. So they were doing weight training. Yeah, so I've always found it really hard for them to pick that up because it's almost like your heart rate spikes and comes down again all yeah. too quickly. Um, whereas continuous exercise, they seem to be a they better They seem to app. track it pretty well. So I've got the Apple Watch 3, and it actually picks up pretty quickly. Um, from the other thing, though, with that, I think that's a, it's not exactly a the great study design because I would never use heart rate information from resistance training from anyway. Resistance training You'd only that. use it for cardio. <laughs> so you would actually do it for steady state continuous exercise or hit training or interval so there is one disclaimer so obviously they must have pushed it into that so um all devices showed reduced accuracy when increasing exercise intensity so surely intensity goes up um so as which which is 
comparable, right? So if, if they topped out at, what is it, 220 minus your age, so 20 olds at 200 max heart rate, if he's trying to sit there and you've got a 19%, let's call it 20% variance, that 20% variance is far larger. So it's, it gives you, a, instead of a range of 40 beats per minute, like when you're down at 100, the variance is mm-hmm. going to be at 80, right? So it's double. So the variance as you go up, it can't pick up as well. Um, which is which sucks, but the technology's there as far as I'm concerned. So a six percent error is, I think, it's fucking good. Um, so the, that's yeah. the in ear ones. The thing is, though, that is the only thing that I find a problem with that is that they are weight training by its nature. You're going to be pretty close to your resting heart rate or just above it for the majority of that time. Like to, for them to say oh, it gets worse the higher your heart rate goes. It's like, well, that's the whole fucking point of a heart rate monitor, <laughs> is that the higher your heart rate goes, the more you want to know it's accurate. Exactly, yeah. I don't really care if my heart rate is at 80 or 100 when I'm doing weight training. It's like, what's the difference? I want to know if I'm doing interval training that it's at 170 or 190 or 150. Like, again, it was, we used to have to do it with, because um, I used to work in football, in case you didn't know. Um, we had to, <laughs> we everybody had to knows that from us now. We had to constantly <laughs> test their heart rate maxes and predict them based on the information we had because if the heart rate max wasn't quite right, we had to basically, for example, if one session we saw that some player's heart rate was really high at 220 max, we had to go through the data and make sure it wasn't just a glitch in the in the matrix, yeah. as it were, so, uh, in the data. So then we had to go through, go back and go, right, consistently, if they were hitting this certain heart rate, we had to then reset their heart rate to be that max because their zones then were different when they were training. So it's pointless them saying, oh, yeah, as, you, as it goes up, it's going to be harder to be accurate because that's when you want it to be accurate. No one gives a fuck if you're training between 80 or 100 beats a minute it doesn't really make a difference to your overall health to your recovery it's when you start getting up towards the 120 140s 150s 160s that actually that's the information is useful that's why i don't get why they've done that study it seems a bit odd but i don't know yeah um he goes on to say um in terms of so they he did a study in 2016 um which was about endurance so he did it that end but obviously the technology's got gotten better right so he's put them as mm. like first generation and second generation um because they use like some of them use like green light technology and then some of them have got this other stuff so um but he basically said the same thing happened reduced accuracy happened um and there somebody asked a question about the which i guess is way more for maybe uh, people like us down who who well more people like you because of the prep coach kind of thing um, is the calorie expenditures on them and probably whether people take them for gospel so um, the guy did ask about the Fitbit calorie estimates which is probably the most used one from our clientele I guess mm. um, and so it was very off <laughs> so energy expender estimations yeah. were not valid very off from uh, indirect calorimetry um, which is like gold standard. So this is based on these estimations are based on anthropometric values, sex, age, and heart rate, and accelerant mm. data. So it was just like there are many. Uh, that's the only parameters that Fitbit uses, and there's so many, obviously more that we would take accustomed to to uh, actually get mm. your energy expender, both basal and kind of exercise as you're going through that. So. 
Yeah, it's 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 like it's a, it's a snapshot. Use it as like if, if the calorie expenditure bit of it. Use it as a snapshot. Don't use it as like oh, I definitely burned six hundred calories or like that's why you get these kind of bullcrap classes, right? I'm not saying bullcrap, but the classes that like say, yeah, you're gonna burn one thousand calories in this hour. Well, according to what the thing that you've just said to me that has a nineteen percent variance, so I could be of a thousand calories, a plus or minus two hundred calories off that. Which is gonna suck, right? So yeah, it's, yeah. it's what the, those classes always, you know. <laughs> it's like that's wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe yeah, we're selling horseshit. Um, but yeah, so if I want to give a ranking, so these, so interestingly, the eight, the eight that I list off, um, these are the only ones that met the criteria of this. In like, so there were some that they couldn't even test because the criteria was too shit, and they were probably too bad. Um, so we got the apple. So ranking from first to worst, we got the Bose Pulse. Obviously, that's probably up. I don't have no idea what they cost. So that might be out people's price range. Bose stuff is generally a little bit expensive, um, yeah. but it's pro- it's generally fucking well made and nice. So Bose, if you're listening, um, let's test us, it out for you. Test it out, mate. Um, absolutely fine. Send us one. Send them. Um, <laughs> then, unsurprisingly, the Polar Heart Rater one is second which is actually a fucking heart rate monitor um i've got a my zone monitor so it'd be interesting to see what the variance on that is i still think it's all way off calorie expenditure anyway mm. um the thing with those things mm. it's not necessarily the accuracy of them that i would be that concerned about whether it was dead on it's more the consistency yeah, of them so absolutely. if you knew you were using it and it was you know like the calorie expenditure if you knew it was off but it was consistent you wouldn't care yeah um i think that's the biggest thing with these these kind of products yeah if you know yeah you've got to kind of work out how far off it is and then you're mm. like all right cool i know what i'm keeping to cool um so number three you've got the polar wrist one eight three sixty so that if you're gonna buy a wrist one i'm guessing that's the one to go for on heart rate measures um that was only a variance of about nine percent um, and then you you've got like um, bam 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 you got Fitbit actually Fitbit Charge two came off pretty well to be honest so you got Fitbit then Garmin HR then the Apple Watch then the Fitbit Blaze um, and then way down was the Tom Tom Touch don't even bother um, pretty much mm. cool which yeah like I said they don't know where they are in the in the industry so they're getting beaten by Fitbit on a heart rate variability thing or heart rate measure it's not great because i i, I stick, tend to, to sat nav I, <laughs> I tend to see fitbit as, as the kind of i don't know upper low end it's like middle end of that kind of stuff because they generally start mm. about you can get one you can pick one up for 50 quid can't you but the heart yeah. rate one I, might, I got i got my one the 50 quid one yeah the, the heart rate one start at like 80 maybe now so i think if there is one more accessible will be the Polar or the Polar 8360 and the Fitbit Charge 2, I guess. The Apple Watches are too expensive, really, for the everyday like athlete. It's, and they do, it's just if you want it to link up with everything. So it's a smartwatch, really, isn't it? So. Mm. Yeah, but for the rich podcast co hosts, you know, they, they can have Apple Watches. Always, so. always got my Apple Watch on. It's great. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's got little colours on it. You can also, like, you can have uh, Toy Story on it. So it, like, uh, does stuff. Um, you got, mm. you got. Uh, look, look down. Toy Story. Look. Oh, well, you got a picture of Buzz Lightyear on your tap on your watch, mate. Look, look. Then he does something. Oh, and then ham. ham. Yeah. And he changes, and then we walk onto the stage. Yeah, oh, look, mate, that's four hundred quid. Oh, well. that is that's amazing. Four, that's four. That's four hundred quid well spent. Wow. My headphones mm. fell out. 
It's because I was so in excited. The excitement. About my, in my the excitement. In the excitement. Buzz Lightyear walking across my screen. Um, absolutely fantastic, Dan. Good summary, mate. Good work. So, um, as you know, if you're a client of one of ours, we do like people wearing these activity trackers, don't we, mate? So, yeah, we do. I think well, like it's just one of those where, as long as you know what you're looking for in the data, that's absolutely. the key. So, yeah, I would never use the heart rate data or the calories out as a measure of anything, but the steps certainly are something that I use it for everything. Good. Yeah, I just just use it, and then if it's down, then I, I will abuse it. It's fine. There you go. Just, <laughs> just work harder, bro. Go go work, go work with Dan. So yeah, yeah I just want something more calculated. Come work with me. Tom will just beat you into the ground. <laughs> Definitely not. All right. Um, so I think that was paper one. A um, bit, bit research heavy today, mate. So we're going to get our knowledge out. Um, what they want. <laughs> so this one's an interesting one, mate. So uh, again, it's I, I guess it's something we can speak about, but not really kind of um, have an active experience. We, we both coached youth athletes or youth people, I think. Mm-hmm. Did you spend time with Academy when you were where of a whole yeah, yeah I, I spent time with academy at, at Bremwood um, so I've coached youth um, but it's uh, how young is too young to start training which is an interesting question in itself and it totally uh, there's a whole parameter again go look up Dr. Roger Lloyd who does this kind of stuff that is uh, not even looking at the reference but that's this is his paper um, so he's pretty much the leading guy on youth athletes and youth stuff in this country um i'm not sure where he, he comes from swansea i think he's i think he works out at cardiff uni um mm. little specky guy quite fun um but yeah he's pretty cool to look at not sure he has any social media feeds to be fair a lot of them don't um but when is it what age do you think from your opinion daniel in and you can divide these up should people be doing strength and conditioning um, strength and conditioning like uh, activities, uh, just sport and weight training. Um, firstly, I think I, I think that there's no hundred percent correct answer to this. For one, um, fuck off, Dan. Two, Come on, I wanted you to just uh, yeah, straight. Yeah. Why are you in the wrong business, thing, mate? You need to have a personality. Was, Come on. Oh no, don't, don't you worry. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my what I think, but. Like the funny thing is, when I watch Isabel move things like at her age, two and a half, she still oh, picks but, heavy but, stuff up. Before, like, we, still... before we go into this, how did she like Crave? She loved, didn't. I didn't like it actually. Did wasn't as, wasn't as big on it as as I thought she should be. Oh. Um, I'm quite disappointed actually. I, I hope um, you, I hope she ate all of Chris's box though, right? Oh, she ate what was in the bowl. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah, but she she wasn't that keen on it. I asked if she liked it. She prefers shreddies, but um, <laughs> she'll learn. It's like yeah, even at her age, she's like testing things and picking them up and realizing what's heavy and pushing things and like anyway. So I, I you know, how young is too young? Well, I think what we're gonna what we're gonna go into is is what we would term probably structured training for strength and conditioning or strength training, right? That's probably how I think it needs to be defined. Um, and I think there's a certain age you get to where sport should always be fun. It should be enjoyable. It shouldn't be too structured. It should just be um, something that you do because you like doing it. Yeah. And I think the second that the demands placed upon you then become a bit more physical in the sport, you should then do some kind of SNC or, um, or weight training program. Now, people think of weight training program, they think, oh, like heavy weights. It's like, well, no, it's relative to the person. So a nine-year-old can do an overhead squat with uh, a 15 kilo barbell, for example, maybe, right? 
I don't even know if they could or not, but that's just it. Um, <laughs> Fucking hell, this nine-year-old show you <laughs> <than> me. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, there's nothing wrong with them using a light weight going through that range and learning that movement pattern at that age. Um, likewise, you know, learning about the control of being on one leg and you know, I mean, bodyweight Bulgarian split squats. Like, that's the kind of load that is going to go through them when they're playing the sport. So why is it yeah. not okay to do that in a structured setting in a gym where you can actually be safer, you can monitor the load, you can monitor the training? Now... I don't, I'm not standing here saying um, that, you know, every young kid, as soon as they play sport, should be weight training. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I'd imagine that the second that they get to, say, 10, 11, 12, there's nothing wrong with them performing a structured strength and conditioning, sports conditioning training program alongside their sports because they need to be resilient in that sport they need to prevent themselves being injured uh this does not mean that they'll be back squatting their body weight or anything stupid like that it is literally just a case of going through the movement patterns full range of motion stabilizing joints that need to be stabilized mobilizing joints need to be mobile um and just having an awareness of things like a hip hinge um things like a squat pattern um understanding all those key elements of a sport are going to be vital to their progression um but yeah i i I just think that it's really massively overplayed, like I said, because I see, I've seen kids when I was in academies and like so I see kids now, I see my, my, um, my nephews, you know, four five, they want to, li- they lifting heavy things. They're moving things around that are heavy. Like there's nothing wrong with them learning how to do it properly. Like, why would you not want them to learn however young they are? Um, there's just an assumption that because you're, le- you're teaching someone to train that it must be with weights and that's dangerous. Well, they're picking up things that weigh, weigh a lot of weight compared to them. I think that's their body the thing, right? So why, yeah. why would you, why is it any different? Like, it's the whole thing about the fucking stupid woman about the, the pink dumbbells. Like, shouldn't have done anything more than three pounds. Well, hang on a minute. Your kid fucking weighs eight pounds and you carry them in your womb, you fucking moron. Like there's that element to it where like kids are carrying heavy stuff like they're pushing their boundaries they're pushing things they're climbing trees like fucking hell like the kids do that anymore climb, climb trees? trees yeah i used to um, climb trees yeah maybe but you know but like when you <laughs> climb a tree but when you climb a tree right single leg like your single leg you've got to climb up like it's yeah it's pathetic as it sounds it's kind of it's resistance training so it's just i don't think there's any any kind of i wouldn't put a limit on an age I would just say whenever their sport demands that they require to be a bit more resilient, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. so the the kind of reflect, reflective study was done on uh, neuromuscular performance. So what it kind of laid out was those key parameters. So we had um, people starting from, so you've got infancy, pre-adolescence, um, pubertal, ugh, pubertal onset, puberty um mm. adolescence and adulthood so again like dan said <laughs> nobody hits all of these like categories at the same time so you can't put an exact age on it and if you do you're a moron um so we put they kind of start it at kind of pre-adolescence so this is just before puberty so this is probably the the age you were kind of talking i guess it's the 10s 11s 12s like when we basically if you've ever played football you start playing on a full-size football pitch at the age of 11 um so and that seemed which is which is which is ridiculous (laughs) this is ridiculously huge and you're like if if you've got a big kid that which is was me at the age of about like 11 12 13 who can kick it in the air from about 20 yards, you're going to score a goal, um, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> like, 
Right, it's, it's mad, yeah. Um, so you got there. Um, so integrative neuromuscular training initiated in pre-adolescence and maintained into adolescence will maximize training age and the potential to achieve optimal adulthood motor capacity. So um, looking at, so there was there was four categories of no strength and conditioning or sport, sport only, strength and conditioning activities integrated into adolescence, and then strength and conditioning activities integrated into pre-adolescence. So adolescence and pre-adolescence is the either side of puberty. Okay, so we say puberty at 13-ish, mm-hmm. um, so either side of that. So it was the training age was massive. There's a massive gap in terms of where they picture the graph. The annoying thing on this fucking thing. So I, I couldn't bother to go into the text um, because it wasn't really available on PubMed that well. So, um, but they put a graph, but they haven't fucking given me a uh, a scoring system. So they've given me a graph of where it should be. So it could be absolute horseshit. But this is how we can actually critically review this piece of material and be like um you haven't put any fucking uh, measures on there so we have no idea what mm. you're measuring so you're measuring training age of uh, and ma- mature neuromuscular performance potential but how that's potential we don't really know where that could be um yeah so what they're saying but judging by the graph they're way high on people from pre-adolescence it's not as big a gap but it just shows from an age of pre-adolescence to adolescence some sort of snc is way higher than uh, no sport and just sport so I think so to round out what they mean by strength and conditioning activities is they've put a disclaimer of it's resistance training, dynamic stability exercises, core focus training, plyometric drills and agility training. So cone drills, all the kids are fucking doing them in uh, yeah. in football. I guarantee it, cricket, everything, diving around. And they've always got their, always got their head down and then, all the time. <laughs> and then plyometric drills. Have your kid ever jumped in training? Yeah, okay, cool. He's done that or skipped. Absolutely fine. Core focus training. Yeah, probably he's been pushed or been asked to stay stable or somebody's pulling away from them that's probably still core focused. Um, absolutely fine. Um, dynamic stability exercises and resistance training are probably the two things that... Dynamic stability, they could be standing on one leg, but... Um, mm. and also jumping and landing which is deceleration in itself so it'd be fine dynamic stability and then the only real key factor is resistance training and you have to be qualified to teach well reasonably qualified to teach that um, so I'm I'm all favour yeah I think it'd be a great idea I would have loved to be jacked at the age of uh, 11 years old but um... I just think <laughs> it's I think for, for a lot of the footballers I used to see um you know, having the ability to flip and stand on one leg would have been useful for half of them. Um, <laughs> in a, like, you consider how long you spend on the pitch on one leg. Oh yeah, you know, running, jumping, moving, landing. It's there it was never taught to like the kids in the academies. It was like you say, they do all these speed drills and everything. It's like, hang on a minute, they're eleven. They're not going to really, you know, they're only going to know how quick they are when you get to sort of sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. Um, and then so they're trying to do the, all that the, sort of stuff, but they won't. They won't teach them how to land properly and how to transfer force. And it's like that's, that yeah. probably would be just as useful. Absolutely, but, yeah. So deceleration, know, acceleration what? stuff. How to actually do that and change of direction would be huge. Um, also, mm. and the fact of not basically programming the uh, kids into positions that early as well, and letting them fucking play. Because believe it or not, if they spend five years playing right midfield or right back, guess what's going to be overdeveloped? Their right side, so they're always going to be kicking from that side. They're always going to cut in and drive off into the middle of the field from your right side. 
pretty much the whole mm-hmm. time as they're going forward. So, yeah, that's going to be an overdeveloped right side, which I fall in the category of it because I would play right mid, right wing, and then kind of right side up front. And I was all, even though I'd be up front or up front on my own, I'd always drift over to the right side because I know I can cut across far more powerfully and drive off my side. So that was fairly interesting from my perspective. Anyway, mm. yeah. So that'd be it'd be nice to have some sort of leveling out training would be wonderful and not kind of going. Obviously, there has to be some sort of formation, but let it be like a free flowing thing up until maybe the age of fourteen. Um, yeah. For you coaches it. out there, it might be good for their actual, uh, I don't know, biomechanical development, which would be fantastic to have somebody thinking about that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Sorry, that's a quid. Um, yeah, that is, it. that is a question. <laughs> But yeah, I'm absolutely in favour. I think it'd be great. Like the, th- the thing you're saying is, yeah, I think it's it's flagged up before. If you're like, oh, it's called resistance training. It's the label you put it. Like, oh, it's a weight. And it's like, well, Isabel's teddy bear could weigh like three or four kilos, or like it's a heavy teddy bear or something like that. And then she's putting it overhead. Then she sits down with it and gets up with it and sits down with it. Is that not yeah. the same thing? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it could just be <laughs> something like that. Or like, oh, can you go get the bags out of the car? Suddenly they're doing farmer's carries. All right, cool. So, but if you give them a dumbbell, way off. We can't do that. Um, so, yeah, right, exactly. It's just a bit odd. Um, it's just the scenery, and, and but having it in a controlled environment would be amazing. So um, shout out to Alex, one of my guys who actually takes his uh, one of his kids to training, um, who allows them a CrossFit box. One good thing about CrossFit boxes, they let kids in. I think if they can do so age of 14 and they learn to squat and clean like med balls and stuff like that. So pretty cool. Nice. Even I can't clean very well. So used mm-hmm. to, used to did my, did my uh, qualification. Mate, and then, uh, you can't even squat or dead. Can't even squat by the way. I know hips just falling off, mate. So absolutely. Did you enjoy my hamstring post? Good, Dan. You read it. Good. Yeah, mate. Yeah. I was, I was watching it again. I was going, you can tell someone I can't squat or deadlift at the moment. <laughs> You can tell someone's reusing uh, training yeah. things because his training is utterly boring right now. <laughs> Basically. Um, yeah. All right. Research number two. Done. Knocking him out of the park, mm. mate. All right. Completed research. Um, and we got the last one, which is kind of a just a reaffirming thing. It's something that I actually spot asked uh, the guys in my workshop today. and Because some, uh, I think there was... Someone was arguing... It's also... I see it on the court of Scott squat gang thing all the time which is the I'm sorry I, I love following it but the level of writing on there is absolutely outstanding um, it's uh, so bad um, <laughs> they're talking they, they always have a go at the, obviously the quarter squat so what we can if we're going to look at that it's like 30 degree knee flexion and then a deep squat of like I don't know 90 to 100 and, would it be 105 degree knee flexion would be so it's bending your knee uh, it's probably a deep squat. Um, yeah, they always argue about that kind of fact and what happens where, yeah, you need to build a bigger glute um, if you go to 105 degree. Well, they don't say 105 degree knee flexion. They say, yeah, arse to grass, right? That's going to build you a better glute. Is that right, Dan? Probably mm-hmm. not. No, not necessarily. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily. It's one of those where, like, with, with the squat, I have this conversation all the time, is it, it's so individual and you can you can sit and look at so many different squats and they look so different, but you can look at someone with great glutes and someone else with great glutes and they squat totally differently. Like it doesn't make a huge difference. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, I think that it's just so overplayed the whole 
arsed grass scenario. It's just I've seen people do it. And I'm like, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> like you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, knees are all over the place. There's no control. Um, and the whole mind muscle connection. I know people over egg it a little bit. They do. Um, <laughs> brace down, brace, squeeze that guy. Yeah. But at the as same time, there's can. an element to it where it's like, you, you have to just know how to actually squeeze a muscle and how to make sure that you're using it properly. Um, before you can worry yeah. too much about the exact angle of your knee or hip, at which <laughs> point you're going to get glute or knee or whatever activation, you know? Well, it's just that the whole ass to grass thing for like big glutes is just, it's just silly really, because to get ass to grass, the notes that you are, so biomechanically, you will have more than 90 degrees of knee flexion. So, when your knee goes past that, um, I th- I could just spot me here, Dan. It's your ass on your hip, in it? So it doesn't fucking matter. So if you've got mm-hmm. hip flexion to maximal load, your knee has no bearing on it at all. Literally, biotic on the hamstring, I have a bearing on the hamstring. So it doesn't matter. So you can knee flex, quarter squat, knee bends to 30 degrees, nothing, half squat. Okay, But you could essentially be doing a good morning which is a full range of hip mm. flexion and build an absolutely stonking ass, mate. So that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it's like that's, you can... that's, that's, the, that's the educated view, in my opinion. But I don't know. Am I, have I just validated court squats? Wait, what? Sort of. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's like the whole. It's like Come the at whole, me, bros. Yeah. You know, you could you could set up a bo- you could set up a box for someone to squat to, and they can do a high bar, a low bar, and they're going to feel it more on the glutes and the low yeah, bar, right? Absolutely. And it's and again, it's like load, it's right? like. So it's, it's like not... the RDL. It's like an RDL. It's like is an RDL just a really, really bad squat? <laughs> really bad deadlift. Is it just a? Is it, just an extreme, is it like an eighth <laughs> of a? Is it just like an eighth of a squat, but just really lean forward? Like yeah. you know. It... <laughs> so yeah, it's just it was just interesting because that got on my wick a little bit for some people. Having, oh, yeah, it was like oh, you really need to build. If girls want to build a bigger bum, they need to squat ass to grass. No, they don't. Um, actually, you don't. No, no point. Um, if they, they, they want to, actually, that will increase uh, activation of adductor, which they want to do in a fires anyway. So, might as well do that. Um, so, yeah, this was looking at proportional contribution of hip muscles of to hip extension torque changes with squat depth and load. Um, so, basically, she looked at her hamstrings, adductor magnus, and glutes. Um, that is it. So, they had thirty degrees of knee flexion, one hundred and five degrees of knee flexion. And the hips then stay basically in any full flexion, okay? So during a squat pattern, so light loads, 50% RM, heavy loads, 90% RM. Um, we got hamstrings, don't fucking change because it doesn't matter about the squat because uh, they're bioticular. Wrong. So, <laughs> so tight, hamstrings, tight hamstrings cause you to uh, not lose weight. That's wrong, Dan. It's wrong. Silly. Um, it's not why I had a body part last year. <laughs> so only uh, increasing squat depth under heavy loads will the hamstring have any anything. So you're talking 90% of RM upwards. Then you're not doing many reps anyway. So yeah, maximum six of that. Um, so they, that does increase activation or torque on that joint, that muscle, but not that much to be honest. Um, so kind of uh, light loads and heavy loads didn't have a massive discrepancy so but they kind of look exactly the same to be honest um it was just activationally at 30 degrees to 105 degrees if you've got deep knee flexion your ductor magnus takes over a hell of a lot more torque to get you out of trouble whereas if you're at only 30 degree inflection your glute is the 
the main thing that's going to get you out of trouble there. Okay, so push through. So you still got a hell of a lot of torque going through your ductus magnus, but uh, proportional representation would be the fact that your glute is not as active um, as the other stuff maybe switched off. Okay, so yeah, cool. Mm. She's interesting. So yeah, focus on that hinge pattern for glutes. Focus on knee flexion for like quads and stuff. Cool. And adductors. Boom. Yeah. Here's a question for you, Tom. If you had to, you had a client who literally couldn't move anything, couldn't do a thing. I they could refer out do... and they would go to hospital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they could only learn one exercise, either a hip hinge or a squat. Which one would you teach them first? Which one do I teach them first and they can't move properly? Mm. They're just like brand new to you. Like They're just brand new on this earth. They can't move. They've just stood up <laughs> still. Brand new client. You can only teach them one exercise. Do you teach them a hip hinge or do you teach them a squat? That's really interesting because um, I guess you'd have to go hinge because you can't hinge. You have to have both if they're only learning one thing. Because mm. squatting is bi-articulate. It has to use hip, uh, hip, knee, ankle. Hinging is just hip. But then they, mm. they stand up the whole time. Uh, they wouldn't be able to sit down very well. They'd fall down. But... But yeah, I think. I right, so it's basically the question is, what's the more important movement pattern, the hip hinge or the squat? Uh, total body. Total body. I think the squat is more important. Uh, mechanically, I think the um, for the general population, I think the hinge is more important because you're mm. most talking out my ass. Um, <laughs> as far as anecdotally. Uh, Posterior chains are fucking shit. Hamstrings are probably the biggest key factor and glutes key factor for any kind of posture um, within a lot of people. Um, and yeah. pro- again, speaking of my ass, um, overactive quads might be a thing. Um, and they probably can be... And my perspective on health and fitness and mechanics, I will look at the pelvis as the first bit of movement that I want to look at. So, And I am what is surrounded surrounding the biggest kind of muscle or the pelvis it will be the glute max right so i will look at that i will go hinge as the thing i'm going to teach most for sure mm. yeah because everybody wants a booty right yeah i think i'd go hinge as well yeah i was just interested to hear your opinion <laughs> gotta think about it mate i can't just think about it yeah it's good um yeah that's the end of research review mate boom that's good i liked it stupid things on the internet this week then isn't it Ooh, that sounds like bollocks. Probably because it is. Stupid things on the internet this week. Um, yeah, I mean, well, we did. I saw, I saw something pretty stupid. Things like she's not going to be happy with me either when I call her out. Oh, really? But I'm, I'm going to call her out. <laughs> so I saw a post the other day on Instagram. I was just scrolling through Instagram. Okay. And I saw. It's not my girlfriend, is it? No. Look, your a post. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I saw a post, someone put up a post, and they put breakfast this morning was Alpro yogurt, apple, some dark chocolate, and protein ball companies, peanut butter and jelly balls, they look pretty good, with one cereal. You could you could put a cereal on all that sort of stuff, you know, yogurt, some oh, apple. They put all that together. And, yeah, and then the one cereal that you choose, the last cereal in the world you would put with all that stuff to make it taste good, mini shredded wheat. Mini shredded wheat with all that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, come on, and and she's gonna know. 
She's going to know. I think I, I think I know who this is. Yeah, um. <laughs> she's come all the way over from Australia to live in Brighton, and it looked really good. Looked like a nice breakfast, and <laughs> all it needed on there was it could have had. And again, I, I think it could have had something that was a bit plain, right? But I mean, at least throw some wheat bix mini chocolate in there. Like, don't don't have shredded wheat. Like, shredded wheat have just killed that. Like, some frosted shreddies would have gone well. I'm gonna just have a look at this. Amy, what oh, were you there doing? We, there we go. Um, what were you doing, Amy? That is poor. <laughs> I'm sorry, but cereal—that's a disgrace to cereal. I mean, Mini all cereal is I mean, good cereal. We've had this conversation before with uh, one of our listeners about mini shredded wheat and putting hot milk with it and thinking it was great. It's like it's, it's it's better, but it's not good. It's not in the same league as we talk about like cereals. Like, but mm. when I was thinking of the perfect one, so if so for the next time Amy does this breakfast, um, and if you do it correctly, Amy, we'll both well I'll repost it. Fuck it, it'll be fun. Um, but <laughs> and we'll positively like it but what cereal would you go for Dan with those ingredients so what you got you got dark chocolate I guess that's the only kind of chocolate you can put with cereal really I don't know can't put dark chocolate in there I don't know you probably could Um, hang on what's what's Crave full of yeah no no I'm just saying I'm just saying you wouldn't put like a a a bar of dairy milk in there no you wouldn't Um, (laughs) that's from my perspective but you could put chocolate chips though you could buy like chocolate chips put them on um I mean, for me, so I would have gone with Weetabix. Weetabix apple and raisin would have been a good one. Yeah, I, I, I'm on the side there. of like fruit, a fruity one. Like, yeah, or even Weetabix minis, fruit and nut. Like they would have worked well. Even right, even like you know, you can get like blueberry wheats. Like even the shredded wheat with like the the fruit in, that would have been loads better. I think, but this is what I'm but wrapping plain, my head around because the plain I, mini shredded wheat. Well, why would you even buy that? Uh, <laughs> like, I'm what? not. I'm also not a fan of the cereal with yogurt thing i don't no i don't um, get that either, i don't get that like milk granola just, i get a bit just, granola i get it a just bit makes more it like a bit, bit like yeah. hard to it's a bit know, dry isn't yeah, it yeah it's a bit dry to work. eat and it's just like all right, all right we're um, gonna get through this but i i, I um, mean the, the real question here is that again this is the level of concern we have for our listeners <laughs> prepared to do this right but this is like an intervention I'm just concerned that she even picked up the mini shredded wheat in the first place from the cereal. Yeah, like, I mean, just don't even. When, like, right next to it, you're going to have, like I said, even, right, Danny Wilson is going to love this, but even the frosted wheats is a fucking better choice because they're right there, right? <laughs> but you've got frosted wheats, you've probably got blueberry wheats, you've got the apricot wheats, you've got all those things. And then next to it, you probably had the Weetabix minis with fruit and nut, the Weetabix minis chocolate. Absolutely. I just don't understand the thought process of going from the till. Uh, from the shelf to the till and not thinking, hmm, probably changed my mind here. Definitely would have walked past a few other ones, even on sale. Like, uh, I'm sorry. I just absolutely, I just, again, like I, I, look at, I look at all the stuff that's on sale and that's how I make my selection. And I'm like, oh, I, that keeps the variation going. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, absolutely I like that. Play. That's a good tactic. Yeah. Good tactic. Because there's always something decent on. So like, it's for good. instance, right now, um, Tesco, Cinnamon grams or curiosity cinnamon is only a quid thirty. Right. Yeah. Absolute good 
So I'm ploughing through that right now. And we she did, um, to be fair to her, she did message me the other day that she was in the supermarket and she asked me about Golden Graham. She said, are they good? Because yes. she was going to buy some. So I was like, 100% yes. I didn't even know they were back out again. <laughs> 100%. They are so incredible. hopefully she'll redeem herself on Instagram by Put Golden Grahams in there. Back. Fuck it. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Golden Grahams <laughs> perfect in that. That's, that's what I mean. That's I a like, win. Yeah. Okay. I want to see the same so. thing. Golden Grahams. Uh, yeah. Mm. Do it. And we, need, and we need and we need a review of Golden Grams. I want to hear that. What she thinks. <laughs> it's Australian, so be a bit odd. yeah, in eleven days' time, Golden Grams are back on the menu, hundred percent. Um, anyway, I think that's it, isn't it? That's that it. That 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 long that's enough. It. We got yeah, we're at a tight forty-seven-ish. Um, yeah, we'll we're too that. kind to these lot. We're too kind <laughs> to them. Right. Apologies to the day late, but he's not that sorry. He's not that sorry. So yeah, it's all good. Um, we've got no announcements. Dan, as as I said, Dan's completed Instagram. So if you want to go, right. congratulate him. Um, game over. Sorry, you've all tried. Um, but <laughs> no, Dan, I'm really impressed with Dan. His Instagram has gone from next level. Like he, he's my fit pro hero now. So I'm just, no. I've gone from dog from absolute dog shit <laughs> to below average, and I've gone from not caring at all. Um, which is, which is basically my standpoint anyway so it's absolutely fine yeah it sums you up perfectly You're absolutely fine time. no yeah, no, it does really it's just uh, I've got all my stuff that I need to do so yeah I've in contractual talks with uh, TS right so fun stuff happening my end cool kid even though it's really really boring I've stuck in the meeting yeah. for about two three hours on Tuesday whoop yeah okay cool um, yeah we will catch you definitely next week catch you later